I missed while I was on vacation, you know, Beto, Beto mania, Beto O'Rourke, the, you know, he's, he's honestly, I could really compare it to Obama in 2007 and 2008, you know, the Obama mania, uh, Beto is white, obviously, but it very, very similar, the parallels where, you know, this, this charismatic guy, he's so, you know, he sounds like the everyman and it's very Bobby Kennedy-esque when Bobby ran before he was assassinated. Um, you know, he's standing on cars and talking to the people and all this, and it just really warms your heart. This guy, Beto, you know, he's been painted as the everyman and a super progressive and blah, 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 blah. I did a report uh, on statuscoup.com uh, before the Texas election where he lost by two points, basically pointing out like, hey, I'm sorry, but Beto, you know, he's during the campaign, he's kind of he's doing fundraisers with like major fossil fuel lobbyists. And he's doing fundraisers with, you know, executives at J.P. Morgan and Wall Street, the same executives that destroyed the global economy 10 years ago. Uh, so he might be talking, you know, I'm not going to take money from corporations and this and that, but it doesn't exactly match the record. And he is having fundraisers with the same usual suspects that he's talking like he's going to go against. So it's always follow the money, folks. And I try to do that, whether it's the Democrats, whether it's the Republicans, they're both corrupt. It's, it's, it's very simple. You just follow the money. So while I was gone, uh, apparently more, more journalists are, frankly, starting to wake up because I was calling out this Beto nonsense during the campaign. During the campaign, uh, we, we broke that story at Status Quo about his, lob, his fundraisers with uh, lobbyists. Jen, if you don't mind uh, finding that one and putting the link in there for people that didn't read it. So, you know, now more journalists are starting to pay attention and starting to point out like, hey, you know, do a little research. He's not this super, super progressive you think he is. So while I was gone, uh, a journalist at the Washington Post, uh, Elizabeth Brunig, Elizabeth Brunig, uh, she's an opinion columnist there. She's fairly progressive. She wrote a piece. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, bottom line, you know, here's the headline. Why this progressive Texan can't get excited about Beto O'Rourke. And she wrote, if only the electric chill in the air were an augur of fast approaching holidays and not the static generated by so many Democrat 2020 presidential candidates. Uh, I'm going to move on. Uh, there's no denying uh, that the O'Rourke campaign accomplished what genuinely accomplished was genuinely impressive. With the help of Bernie Sanders organizers, O'Rourke's team built a grassroots army that put democracy, talking to constituents, listening to the point of view, inviting them to participate in the process, not by mass mail, but by name first. People were genuinely inspired. But in the meantime, though, we have the national election to think about. Uh, uh, and O'Rourke is plainly uninspiring. As Zaid Jelani pointed out at Current Affairs, O'Rourke's congressional voting record signals skepticism about progressive priorities. Quote, while the Democratic base is coalescing around single-payer health care and free college, O'Rourke sponsored neither House bill. During his time in Congress, he never joined the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Instead, O'Rourke is a member of the new Democratic coalition, a centrist caucus, with Clintonian views on health care, education, and trade. Woo! So... You know, this isn't exactly like a scorched earth piece of journalism against Beto. You know, she says, yeah, he, he uh, ran an inspired campaign. He did a lot of grassroots organizing and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, look at his voting record. And for that, woo, boy, did, did she take a lot of heat. I was on vacation, so I didn't really see... Uh, all of this while it was happening in real time. But let's just say, you know, our favorite fake progressive, Neera Tandon, with the Center for, what is it? The Center for American Progress? The Center for American Progress? Jen, I was talking about the link to the uh, original reporting I did on statuscoup.com uh, about Beto's fundraisers with fossil fuel, lo fossil fuel lobbyists. I'm going to forget when you say you're not listening during my live stream, by the way. Um, and Chuck E. Cheese, I agree, Beto was a thousand times better than Cruz. I put that in the story. I put, if I lived in Texas, I would vote for Beto O'Rourke, even though he's doing lobbyists with fossil fuels, uh, fossil uh, fundraisers with fossil fuel lobbyists, because frankly, 
I would rather I would vote for an alien over Ted Cruz. However, so more journalists are starting to point out, well, you know, the, the, the actual voting record doesn't particularly match, you know, the progressive platitudes he's putting out there. Uh, now, there's a new piece out, which I thought was really good. Uh, this is by blah, 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 blah. Uh, Alex Koch. Alex Koch. He said, Beto got 430000 from individuals in oil and gas. Should we care? A distinction, individuals. He didn't take corporate PAC money, which, you know, is a step in the right direction. So Alex writes, it all started with one Sunday morning tweet from an investigative reporter, David Sirota. On December 2nd, Sirota was browsing through OpenSecrets.org, the most popular website for campaign finance data. On its oil and gas page, Sirota found something that surprised him. Out of all federal candidates in the 2018 election cycle, uh, Texas representative and candidate for Senate, O'Rourke, had the second highest total of donations linked to the oil and gas industry. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. So the tweet set off an online firestorm that lasted all week. Um, I'm I'm a money and politics reporter, and I got involved in some rather regrettable Twitter battles involving the tweet. But I also took it upon myself to dig a bit deeper. Based on detailed campaign finance data provided to me by the Center for Responsive Politics, the organization that operates Open Secrets website, I found that of the 430000 that O'Rourke's Senate campaign received from individuals, from the oil and gas industry, 75% has come in the form of large donations over $200. Well, that doesn't really match the rhetoric or the narrative that Beto was simply a small dollar fundraising machine or that he isn't taking money from fossil fuel companies. 75% came from large donations over $200 in the oil and gas industry. The donors include more than two dozen oil and gas executives. I wouldn't classify oil and gas executives as small dollar donors. Uh, Would you? Uh, More than 30 donations were the maximum allowed amount of 2,700. So I can't do math, but 2,700 times 30, that's not chump change. Uh, But the Texas representative also took in tons of small donations of $200 and under. I also found O'Rourke broke the no fossil fuel money pledge, a commitment to reject campaign donations over $200 from fossil fuel PACs and executives that was endorsed by 16 environmental groups, which he signed. This piece is an accounting and contextualization of the numbers behind O'Rourke. So great reporting uh, by Alex over there. Let me put it here in the chat if you want to read this story. Blah, blah, blah. And... So, a reminder, folks, this is a super chat, so show us the love if you can. Uh, the audience is a, li- a little lower than normal this, uh, the last two days. Might have something to do with me openly criticizing YouTube constantly. And it's, it's always interesting, not to deter from the subject, but whenever I email YouTube to demand an explanation for why my channel keeps growing in subscribers but going down in views, right after I send that email and they respond with a copy and paste email that they keep sending me over and over the same email. All of a sudden, live viewership goes down on YouTube. It's almost like there's a switch which a human is operating. Anyway, I digress. So there's a story if you want to read it. It's interesting to me, again, I was on vacation when this whole brouhaha came with the, the people that are coming out attacking that Washington Post columnist, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Brunig, and uh, attacking Alex, it's the same people that supported Hillary Clinton. Uh, I know it's the same people that supported Hillary Clinton, pushed the Bernie bro narrative, and have very, very much favored more neoliberal centrist candidates like Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, led by, led by, Neera Tanden. And if you don't know Neera Tanden, basically she's the leading, leading member of the neoliberal, centrist, really Republican, if you ask me, think tank crowd. A lot of these think, tra- think tanks in D.C., heavily funded by special interests, by the way, uh, write a lot of the, you know, co-write basically a lot of the legislation that gets passed as progress in this country. So, ooh, Neera Tanden, she didn't like 
She didn't like that Washington Post story on Beto O'Rourke. Or, or uh, Alex's piece pointing out that Beto broke his pledge to fossil fuel companies and all that. And for those of you who didn't watch yesterday, I'm a little insecure right now. I'm going to keep it real. I did, not, um, I did not get in a bar fight or anything. I got badly sunburnt which is starting to look a little better on my face, but I got a really bad sun blister too on my lip. So I didn't get in a bar fight, didn't get bitten by a shark. This is from sun, because I'm a, I'm a white, pale Jew who didn't put enough lotion on in very subtropical temperatures. So I hope it's not very grisly to watch me right now, but I, I have a cut on my lip, I gotta, I gotta admit. But here, near a tandem. So here is, uh, this is not in order, uh, of tweets, but Nira wrote, Brunig's piece in the Post on Beto is just the latest attack by a supporter of Senator Sanders on Beto, joining Jelani, Jacobin, and Sirota. Feels a bit orchestrated, and clearly they are worried. So there's so many things I could respond about this tweet. First of all, when Nira Tandon talks about feels a little orchestrated, you literally, literally, work in hand with Correct the Record, an orchestrated network of paid trolls that go after progressives online. So I don't really want to hear you questioning if something's orchestrated or not. Oh my God, what a hypocrite. But Elizabeth Brunig's piece on The Post, which very gingerly pointed out that Beto O'Rourke's platitudes and rhetoric doesn't actually match his voting record? Um, I don't think consider that attack. That's just journalism. She's a columnist. She's giving her opinion based on facts. Tanira Tandon, this is an attack by a Bernie supporter and, a, and a, a coordinated ring of attacks from a Bernie supporter. That's like the that's really the pot calling the kettle black here because Nira Tandon literally orchestrates attacks on progressives for a living. That was the first tweet. Then, uh, again, not in order, but you got David Sirota, great journalist, says, so basically in the name of Democratic Party unity, Neera Tandon just ignited a legit scandal for Beto O'Rourke. Pretty incredible turn of events. And Sirota is responding to uh, the other article that I'm talking about uh, from, from Alex at Real Sludge, I believe. So Neera Oh, and David says, Neera is slamming Washington Post columnist uh, Elizabeth Bernig. It's almost as if Neera's think tank that's, that is sponsored by Wall Street moguls and a far, foreign fossil fuel dictatorship, Saudi Arabia he's talking about, isn't actually a think tank, but is instead a corporate wing of a political party. And I got to tell you, one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning, because David, I don't know what David Sarone does for a living, because he's literally, I, I think he tweets like 750 things a day. It's just a crazy amount of tweets, but I, I like his tweets and I like his politics and I like his reporting. Um, but he's basically pointing out that, you know, near Tandon, you're, you're basically like a vessel for corrupt special interests. That's who's donating uh, to you. And you're also essentially you are funded by Saudi Arabia, the Center for American Progress. So, Nira, I've seen this movie before. I wish you were chasing chastising attacks on Democrats instead of this. But hope you're very well. She's not responding to uh, David Sirota there. She's responding to somebody else who was in on this whole fight. So Tanira Tandon, no, no, no. You, it's, you're not allowed to, quote, attack. It's not an attack to point out, hey, all these people talking about Beto O'Rourke, maybe you should look at his voting record. Maybe, and, you know, the fact that he's a part of a new Democrat coalition in Congress that's literally a centrist voting group of, of congressmen that literally is like fresh out of the Clinton Department of Politics. These are the centrist Democrats that Beto, as a congressman, was a part of that group. Uh, I call uh, whatever it's called, New Democrat Coalition. It, it's not exactly an attack to say, hey, we think he ran an inspired campaign. This is what Elizabeth uh, Brunig wrote. Yeah, he ran an inspired campaign, but I'm not exactly like getting up here excited for a 2020 run because look at his voting record. And then you have Alex, who wrote a piece basically pointing out, hey, this guy broke the no fossil fuel money pledge. He took, I believe, over 30 donations above $200 from oil and gas people, including 20 from fossil fuel executives. 
So it's not enough that you're just not taking corporate PAC money. You could be taking a lot of money from the very industries you say you're going to go after from executives or large donations from individuals in those networks. And I don't think those executives or those individuals from those organizations are, are, are you know, donating to you because they want you to take down their industry or regulate their industries tighter. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? And a reminder, folk, Super Chat, keep the love coming. This is a Super Chat. So, you know, I just find the whole thing ridiculous and, and more of this nonsense, you know, because it, if you dare report or write anything based on facts about Beto O'Rourke or any neoliberal centrist, Nero Tandon's coming after you. And Soroto, again, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there are def- definitely some things to admire about Beto. However, he is not being helped by now being branded as the stalking horse of Nira Tanton and her Wall Street think tank. Oh, I love it. Keep it coming, Sirota. And Nira says, defending a range of Democrats from attack is not an attack. As many know, I have defended Kamala, I won't indict Steve Mnuchin, Harris, and Cory Booker from attacks as well. Cory, uh, I'll bend over for any Wall Street donation, Booker, that is. This is just the latest. I'm sorry those attacks on Democrats don't seem to bother you but perhaps I'm misreading your tweet. So you're not allowed to, quote, point out any potential Democrat presidential candidates, you know, the, the inconsistencies of their record and money they take from what they're saying rhetorically. And then she says, so great to hear from you, Helen Brosnan, being a long, been a long time. No one knows if Beto will run. He, if he runs, he'll have an agenda for the country. Feel free to judge it then. Seems a bit premature to judge before then. One possibility for criticism is to keep him out. And you know what's interesting? When Neera Tandon and her ilk, her ilk, when they say no one runs, no one knows if he's going to run, that's actually a lie because it's, it's currently speaking, Neera Tandon and her progressive, progressive think tank, are actively trying to get him to run. They are actively trying to get people that they think can beat Trump, but they know won't actually really like go after Wall Street or fossil fuel companies or their donors. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. We want to beat Trump, but we also don't want like an actual progressive. So when she says, nobody knows that Beto's going to run, no, that's not how this works. As we speak, the Center for American Progress, Neera Tandon, and their donors are trying to get Beto to run to see how much money can he raise, because that's the first thing that these centrist neoliberal Democrats still think, how much money can we raise? Because they think money equals victory. Hillary Clinton showed you by, lose, by outraising Donald Trump two to one, literally she outraised Donald Trump two to one. Money doesn't always equal victory. Of course, she did win the popular vote, we need to point that out. However, in America, stupidly and ridiculously, we don't go by the popular vote. We have an outdated, you know, archaic electoral college. So it's, it's just interesting when your attendant says, oh, no, you know, Beto can't attack him. It's an attack if you point out that he takes a lot of money from fossil fuels. He did take money from Wall Street, which I pointed out uh, in my story. And, you know, how dare you, how dare you attack Beto O'Rourke? Because the truth is, they are actively trying to get him to run. Because Beto O'Rourke, and I'll be attacked for saying this, not about race, but it's just the fact, Beto O'Rourke is the next Barack Obama. Tell you the truth. And by the way, I got caught up in Obama, just like many of you did in 2008. I don't even think Beto O'Rourke is as charismatic as Obama. But, you know, he's a skinny dude. He is inspiring. He ran against, you know, Ted Cruz. So that, that, that inflates your value in the first place. And he has a lot of similarities to Obama. Talks about tighter regulations on Wall Street while taking money from Wall Street. Talks about big oil and going after big oil while taking money from big oil. Talks about transcending our politics when he's literally just the same old, same old in our politics. If, if you haven't learned anything from the last 20, 30 years, of neoliberal Democrats parading around as progressives, has the income inequality shrunk? 
because that chart is getting bigger starting in 1981. And by the way, if you know political history, in the 80s was when Clintons, the Clintons and the neoliberal centrist Democrats started gaining control of the party. Thank you, Notary S. 499. Just signed up for membership. Love the reporting. Notary S, I am proud to have you as one of the inaugural members of Status Quo. Inaugural members. You are now, I think, our 36th member. And it's not easy. It truly is not easy to get people, even people that support us and love, and love the content, to, to put their money where their mouth is. And I know some people can't do $5 a month or $10 a month because their budget is so tight they can't even afford that. But I hope everybody watching understands my preference is not to go live every single day from, from where I live. My preference is to get out in the field, roll up my sleeves, and cover the disappearing middle class, cover environmental genocide, cover middle, uh, the, the minimum wage attacks, because minimum wage has been increased in many areas and now is being rolled back in many areas. And minimum wage increases have been voted on in a lot of areas and are now being blocked by state legislatures. I mean, we could, I want to cover the pipelines. I want to cover water contamination, the police brutality, the local and state corruption. I want to cover it all. So does Ty, so does Jen, but we need the funding. So become a member. And I'm going to play after this segment, uh, a new member uh, video. So you can kind of get a flavor for some of the content just for members. Now to wrap this up, to wrap this up, this segment, the bottom line is this, Beto O'Rourke is free to run for president. But enough from Neera Tandon, because the, the attacks from me and other progressives, they're coming. The attacks. Because when Cory when Cory Booker runs, when he's gonna run, you better believe I'm gonna report on his corruption. You know, he might be a new, like, you know, uh, uh, born again, you know, he's like a born again progressive, now doesn't take corporate PAC money. Same thing with Kirsten Gillibrand. They found Jesus suddenly after Bernie Sanders made it, made it a priority. And these politicians started being shamed for taking money from the very individuals and corporations that are destroying this country and destroying your life and making you live paycheck to paycheck. Suddenly, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, they have found Jesus on money and politics. Not good enough. Kamala Harris, You've been a senator for five minutes. You didn't indict. You didn't uh, prosecute Steve Mnuchin when you had an opportunity as California attorney general. And frankly, what have you done as a senator? But they want Kamala Harris to run because if you report on Kamala Harris, um, if, you, if, if you report on her accurately and challenge her and her, the money she takes and all that, well, she's a woman and she's black, so you're going to be painted uh, myself and others are going to be painted as a racist and a sexist, and that's a two for one. That's a two. That's a two for one. Oh, I, I'm uh, I'm 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 taking that, Colin. Don't steal my born again progressive. I just coined it. So if anyone steals it, I did it. Now, I'm going to go after all these people because we don't have time for fake. Republican, we don't have time for Republican lights masquerading as progressives in this country. That's not going to beat Trump, not going to beat Trump. And it's also why we're in this situation. You know, I, I'm seeing on Twitter because I did a segment yesterday that, oh, you're, you're belittling Russia gate and the seriousness of it and all this shit. No, I'm not. The point is, you cannot defeat extreme conservatism, which extreme conservatism is a large reason why we're in the economic bind as a country that we are. A lot of this started with Ronald Reagan, but you can't beat that. There's no strategy that that will defeat extreme conservatism because even with an Obama defeating a McCain, even with an Obama defeating a Mitt Romney, well, two historically weak candidates, by the way, Romney and McCain, even with that, you can't defeat extreme conservatism and the policies and unwind those policies with neoliberal policies because neoliberalism is extreme conservatism. It only sounds gentler. That's the point. Neoliberalism is, generally speaking, not so different than extreme conservatism economically. It just sounds a lot softer and nicer to immigrants and minorities and women. That, that's the difference, folks. Redneck economics, we only have 
10 years, according to Chris Hedges. You're right. And by the way, Redknock Economics, do me a favor. If you have Chris Hedges on speed dial, can you ask him to respond to my emails? Just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. Big fan of Chris Hedges. I bought his book recently. He responded to one of my emails because I reached out to him. I wanted to interview him on his book. He responded, gave me, you know, told me follow up with me next week, but said he would do it. But I haven't heard back from him since. So not calling you out. Love Chris Hedges, big admirer. But I want to interview you. I've reached out like seven times via email to follow up. So did I do something? I don't know. Anyway, so I've reached out to him. I want to interview him. Big, big fan. Uh, so definitely let him know. <laughs> so that's what I think about Neera Tandon. That's what I think about these neoliberals pretending to be progressive. And they are the guardians. They're the guardians. So they are going to protect Beto and Kamala and Corey from Bernie bros and our attacks. No, no, no. Guess what? Neera Tandon, you supported Hillary Clinton. Your wing of the party lost to an orange orangutan. And now you need to shut the fuck up and go, go, go be quiet. Sorry. And because I just cursed, we got demonetized for this video. But I don't give a fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Let us know. Super chat. Make up for our lost money. <laughs> so, so, uh, before I get on to the next topic, I want to show you, and as a reminder, folks, as a reminder, I know I'm throwing a lot of different things at you, but we are pushing the GoFundMe very, very hard. We are pushing this GoFundMe very, very hard. So if it's not too much trouble, you're free to leave a super chat, but definitely we prefer GoFundMe contributions. We're trying to get that number up. We want to get to 30,000 by the end of this month. So before I uh, go on to another topic, I want to show you a little bit more of the behind the scenes content we're doing just for members. So definitely, definitely consider becoming a paid member. Here is, here is uh, editor Colin Tooley, who's one of our editors, uh, giving you a little behind the scenes on his latest uh, video, uh, latest video that he edited, if I could find it. Hold on. Mm -hmm. uh. Hey, Status Quo members, it's uh, Colin here again, the friendly neighborhood editor. And so right now I thought I'd show both two different things. One, uh, I'm because I'm working simultaneously on um, Jordan's live stream he did today. And also the I'm going to put together another Your Brain on Corporate Media video. So I thought I'd show a little bit of both of those and what uh, is going on with that. So first up, we got this guy. So I was going through and so I was like, oh, I'll do a corporate media video here. I'll check CNN. And it was funny because I clicked on this first video, which is probably what I'm going to use, which is literally just a source says Trump is super pissed, which caught my attention. Uh, that's pretty hilarious. So it's a whole three and a half minutes dedicated to uh, an unnamed source saying that Trump is angry. So very breaking news. And then the video right next to it is another unnamed source that says Trump is concerned about impeachment. So they have two videos back to back. Uh, the next one is four and a half, four hour, four minutes, ten seconds long, about uh, the unnamed source. And so this is there down here. I guess I'm covering it a little bit. Let me move myself down. Um, is their politics of the day? Uh, I suppose gallery, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, so technically, one of those videos is not Trump exactly. It's about um, uh, Tapper pressing Ruby on impact of Cohen filing. Okay, I guess that's kind of. And then, no, that's awesome. Um, and the White House Chief of Staff, which are all indirectly related to Trump. But every single one of these 15 videos was Trump related. So I was like, oh, geez, that's a. Uh, and this first video will probably work fine, but at least I got something to work off of if I want something else. But re really, 15 videos, politics of the day, and all 15 are, are Trump related. Not, nothing else is happening in politics, nothing politically related that could be impacting anything outside of that. So I just thought that was crazy just to look at it. Like I said, I don't watch corporate news um, at all. And so I just get when I go to the website and every time I go to these websites, it's literally, this is 
very similar to what I see every time. It's just like... Uh, so yeah, so I'll probably use this clip of a source saying that Trump is, quote, super pissed, unquote. So obviously you need three and a half minutes for that. And then uh, right here I thought, so I'm just editing the live stream right here that Jordan did today. In case uh, people are curious, uh, you know, it, it's basically a pretty straightforward process as you'd imagine. I take just taking the live stream and cutting it up. Uh, I go through and I also I'll chop out the bits where uh, he'll maybe go uh, be silent for a little bit or... Uh, go on a, a side tangent that isn't really relative related to the story itself necessarily and so I'll cut those watch and cut through those bits bit when he reads his stories instead of having him scroll with all the different ads that pop up and all that I'll just uh, I'll basically just screenshot the article he's looking at and drag those images over and it, uh, all the graphics here are done by uh, Ty uh, they sent over for uh, the titles and stuff that in this overlay so I just port those in from Ty and line everything correctly and then I separate it by story so we got this first one where he's talking about the Russia hysteria right now I think the next one is Julian Assange and I forget what his last story was but you know I'll cut into those different bits and then if it's a real long story like his first bit here I'll cut that in half or in thirds if needed uh, if he, he usually change his subject of what he's focusing on uh, like he'll be focusing on the media's handling of russia sorry to cut off sorry to cut off uh colin and his cat fury who i think honestly if i could get fury on the payroll i will um but this is what in the business this is what we call a tease a tease so if you want to watch the whole thing if you want to watch the whole thing go become a member at statuscoup.com. Uh, I also just did a behind-the-scenes video today where I take you a little behind-the-scenes of some things we're working on behind-the-scenes, including I might be writing uh, a piece for a rather large outlet uh, about our Flint story. We're trying to get that in the works, too. So definitely, definitely consider becoming a member at statuscoup.com. And literally, my case in point, naturally Malika just shows up. I just got a notification... She just got a notification about an hour into this live stream. Thank you, YouTube, you fucking assholes. Naturally, Malika, not mad at you for coming late. It's not your fault. It's YouTube's fault. Just keeping it real. So, definitely, definitely, statuscoup.com uh, for cool content from Colin. Ty is going to be doing some behind-the-scenes videos. Jen's going to be doing behind-the-scenes videos, as am I. And as a member, you also get uh, our podcasts and a lot of different things. So definitely, definitely, definitely go check it out. And for those of you who don't know, I'm live every day, 5 o'clock Eastern. So be here or be square. Now, moving on. While I was away, oh, Phil just said, still no not notification. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super, super strange. YouTube, it's like they don't want people to watch. I, I don't understand. I do understand it. Oh, what happened to your mic? What happened to my mic? I, I forgot to bring it back. It's like YouTube just doesn't want people to watch the channels that they subscribe to, which is kind of, a, is kind of called censorship because they do want people to watch like CNN's channel and like corporate content because that their advertisers like. But stuff, channels like mine, Jimmy, uh, Lee Camp, Kyle Kalinske, Humanist Report, those – you don't get a notification, blah, blah, blah. So I hope, drill it into your head. Drill it into your head. I'm live at 5 o'clock Eastern every single night. Put it in your calendar, 5 o'clock Eastern, every single night. And for the very foreseeable future, noon Eastern, Sundays. Look at that. Colin made this too. Noon Eastern time, including this Sunday, I will be live for a Sunday super duper Super Chat Marathon. We call it Sunday Super Chat Marathon, but it's really to raise money for the GoFundMe. So there's a link to the GoFundMe, and obviously it'll be at youtube.com slash status coup. I'll be live at noon. We will have contributions from Jen and Ty as well. So 5 o'clock Eastern every single day, Sundays, noon Eastern time. Be there or fuck off, if you ask me. So, so... The three coors, I like that. 
So while I was away, there's also there's also a, a growing populist movement in France. In France. So we already saw Brexit, which frankly, if you pay attention to what's going on uh, in Great Britain, I think they're trying to get out of Brexit. <laughs> I think the elites, uh, the elite politicians are trying to get out of Brexit, if you ask me. But in France uh, and in Paris, there have been protests starting when I was away on vacation. Uh, and of course, you know, idiot journalists and neoliberals like Nair Tandon are making the protests out to be all about exclusively. Why are these protesters protesting uh, a carbon tax, which is good for our planet? Um, of course, that's not what all the protests are about, not even close. So French President uh, Macron, Macron um, has basically done a lot of neoliberal stuff. And, and this isn't just Macron, before Macron. Uh, France, like Great Britain, has a lot of similarities to America. The rich are getting richer. The politicians are doing things for the people who donate to them and the corporations. And they're not, they're not actually doing anything for the people they represent. So France has seen, uh, you know, price, price hikes, uh, the stag stagnant wages, very similar things to the United States. So here is just one example of what you're seeing as far as the protesters protesting in France. And that's from our uh, Russian spy friends at RT. Thank you to them. Now, do, do, do sane people think that what they just saw over the last week or so is over just over a carbon tax? No. And by the way, the police, like in America, are beating the living shit out of a majority peaceful protesters in France. But... If you follow uh, interviews from a lot of these yellow, yellow jacket protesters, are they yellow jackets or yellow vests? I always get that confused. I think it's yellow vest. If you follow interviews, if you follow uh, you know, tweets, these are people that have very similar stories to you and to me and to other Americans. Gilets jaunes, gilets jaunes, yellow vests, thanks. Um, I've, I've, I've watched interviews with, you know, mothers who are working two jobs and barely getting by with the high prices for things in France. I've watched interviews where people are complaining that Macron is, you know, to, to tackle climate change is increasing prices on middle class people uh, rather than the corporations and the wealthy. Sound familiar? Sound familiar to America? Oh, we're going to tackle climate change. We're going to tackle, you know, greed. We're going to tackle this. We're going to tackle that. Here's a tax increase on you workers. But we're not going to tax the rich. We're actually going to cut taxes for the rich and the corporations. Same thing happening in France. Same thing. And our, again, have to say hi to my friend Neera Tandon. Again, Neera Tandon. I just don't understand why any progressive is cheering French protesters who are massing against a carbon tax. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because, A, since you're not a progressive and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, it's not over exclusively a tax, a carbon tax. 
Michael Cooper. He gave the one percenters a tax cut too. Thank you very much. It's really, I mean, stronger coffee, much better wine and bread, but similar story economically to America. Just keeping it real. Corporate welfare, the corporations are literally running the government in France, just like they're running the government here. And to offset uh, budget problems and debt, we're going to tax the workers. We're going to put take away worker benefits. We're going to tax them more while cutting taxes for our special interest donors. Michael Cuba. Macron is basically Francis Hillary. Yeah. Yep. Well put. So, here's from the BBC. Macron promises to raise wages. He's going to raise wages, Macron says. How? We'll tell you later. France's president, Emmanuel Macron, has promised a minimum wage uh, rise and tax concessions in response to weeks of violent protests. And all the media, they always put violence protests. Well, yeah, it's kind of violent when the police are literally beating the living hell out of peaceful protesters. Yes, there's some looting. Yes, there's some protesters who are, you know, more aggressive. But it, it becomes violent when the police are literally to intimidate and silence dissent, beating the living hell out of majority unarmed people. Very similar to the U.S. And they are armed to the teeth like a military occupation in France, like in Standing Rock and other places in America. France has seen four weekends of violent protests against fuel tax rises, living costs, and other issues. So maybe, you know, somebody could alert Nira Tandon and other Hillbots. It's not just over a carbon tax. Speaking in a televised address, Macron condemned the violence but said the protesters' anger was deep and in many ways legitimate. The minimum wage would increase by 100 uh, pounds per month, from 2019, he said. I always get that wrong. Is that euros or pounds? I think it's pounds. A planned tax increase for low-income pensioners would be canceled. Hmm, that's good. Overtime pay would no longer be taxed, and employers would be encouraged to pay a tax-free end-of-year bonus to employees, he added. Encouraged. I'm sure they'll take you up on that, Macron. (laughs) However, he refused to reinstate a tax on the wealthy, saying this would weaken us We need to create jobs. Oh, oh, he's borrowing, you know, he's borrowing from Republicans in America. Oh, those, those generous job creators, those generous job creators, we cannot tax them because they create so many jobs. Well, maybe if they were creating livable wage jobs, you wouldn't be having the protests in the first place because that's that's the dirty little secret. And it's not just a secret. Corporations go out of their way not to create jobs, whether in America or France. They want to do as much as they can and get as much productivity as possible, even if they have to kill their workers to get it, with the fewest amount of workers as possible. It's called maximizing profits because they don't care about their workers in France, in America, and in Europe, frankly, because greed is good. began in the 80s all the way through to 2018. The minimum wage will be increased by 7%, and the cost of this increase will be met by the government rather than employers, he says. Government Minister Oliver Desoupt told broadcaster BFMTV the total cost of all the measures is likely to be between uh, 8 billion and 10 billion pounds. OTR trucker, $10 in the super chat. Yes, a right-wing government has come to save me from socialism. Yeah, they cut taxes for the rich. Here comes the trickle. Wait, what happened to my job? Whoa, neoliberalism really does suck. That's right. And OTR trucker, I think you're coming from there too. So you know what you're talking about. We're in the process of fine-tuning and to see how to finance it, he added. Macron had no choice. They wanted more than just a political promise. They, want, they wanted measures, banknotes in their pockets, a tangible change in their impoverished daily lives. President Macron got the message. In fact, he had no choice. To have blethered about future challenges and the need for nation building would have driven the yellow vest to distraction. So here, at the core of the address, were four simple changes. A rise in the minimum wage, 
the removal of tax and social charges on overtime, encouragement to employers to give workers a tax-free bonus, and an end to a surcharge on most pensions, plus a note of contrition and a promise of a new, quote, national contract, oh, please, built on electoral change and wider consultation with the provinces. You know, talk is cheap. I'll believe all of this talk uh, when I see it implemented in France. But the wider problem, the wider problem in France, in America, and the rest of Europe, workers don't need one-time bonuses, and that would be lovely. But that's, that's not going to dramatically change anyone's life, especially people that are living paycheck to paycheck because as their productivity has risen, the greedy corporations that have bought off the government in America, and frankly in France too, as their productivity uh, rises, the wages do not because there's not any mandate on employers to raise wages along with productivity, to raise wages along with inflation. Bufire says, my son says the number of tabs Jordan has always has open gives him anxiety. Me too. Me too. Probably Jen. Three. <laughs> so, you know, giving, giving, um, giving a one-time bonus is not a progressive economic policy. You know what is? Permanent minimum wage increases that cannot be repealed. Minimum wage increases that match the rise in productivity and inflation. Um, actual government programs to invest in communities that have fell behind and government programs that provide jobs like FDR did and more progressive leaders in France once did. I'm not going to pretend that I know French politics as well as American politics, but I do know that there have been um, more progressive leaders in France that invested in jobs for workers. And guess what? It worked out. And by the way, uh, it seems before I went live, there was a mass shooting in France. I don't know the details, but there was a mass shooting in France. Not sure if it's involved with the yellow uh, vest movement. We'll find out. So it's, it's very, you know, when you provide tax cuts for the wealthy who then don't create a surplus of jobs when you don't when you let companies offshore industrial jobs to other countries like Mexico China that's happening in France too where industry is being offshored when the politicians are bought off by the companies and the corporations when it's, you make it more expensive for workers to have pensions because they have to pay more into it, for workers to have health care because they have to pay more into it. Guess what? Eventually, workers get fed up and protest. So I say viva la France. I say protest until Macron delivers. I don't want to just hear the talk about the minimum wage increase. I don't want to just hear the talk about removing these uh, extra taxes on workers. And I want more protests until he raises the tax on the job creators. I don't want to hear, oh, we, we advise you to give your workers a bonus. Make them give them a bonus. And raise taxes on these companies, particularly the energy companies, for the carbon tax. Raise their taxes. If they want to release greenhouse gases, if they want to destroy this planet, then they need to pay for it. Period. End of story. Notary S says, real jobs, too, not just fast food jobs for the elderly. Those make our unemployment rate low and give the impression of a strong economy. Correct. Tim Buck, your show is on fire, Jordan. Thank you. Let us know how you feel in the Super Chat or the GoFundMe. As a reminder, this is a Super Chat. Nobody's leaving any money, so I guess you're only feeling okay and not super. And we're trying, trying, trying to raise money to get out in the field. Hey, maybe one day we'll go to France. So, you know, even five, five, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars makes a difference. There's the GoFundMe. Jen will put the link in there. And thanks for the update. Four dead and eleven wounded in Strasbourg shooting at the Christmas market. 
Uh, that's from PBS NewsHour, and we don't, I don't know, because I'm live, I don't know anything other than those numbers. Who, you know, how many shooters there were, what the motive was, we don't know. So, I'll continue following the populist uh, uprisings in France. Uh, obviously, there's still stuff going on in Great Britain, because we are all one interconnected world, and progressive outrage and progressive populist protest is rising in France, is rising in Great Britain, is obviously rising here in America, and you're going to see it in a lot of more third world countries as well against corrupt governments. Illustrator Anonymous, going to donate on Friday. Scouts honor, even though I'm no scout. <laughs> hey, uh, no scouts are welcome too. You don't need to be a Boy Scout to donate. But thank you, Illustrator. I've heard people say we're waiting for our tax returns, this and that. No problem. And obviously, if you can't donate because, you know, you're squeezed, we don't want to put anyone out. If you can, you're not donating to, like, our casino budget. You're donating so we can get back in the field. So, uh, one last story. One last story. And again, if you, don't, if you didn't see our checklist, if you didn't see our checklist, if you came to this late, our checklist, you got to like this live stream. The more people who like the live stream, the, the algorithm works in a way that it gets seen by more people. Go to statusquo.com, check out all you get to be a member. We want to uh, grow our paid membership there. Follow us on Status Coup, at Status Coup. Subscribe to our podcast right there. There's the link. And like us on the evil empire that is Facebook, facebook.com slash Status Coup. But most importantly, like this live stream and consider becoming a member. That's how we're going to grow. So, lastly... As you know, uh, to me, the biggest story in America is not the Russian boogeyman. Sorry, sorry to tell Hillary Clinton, Neera Tandon, and, and, and the rest. To me, the biggest story is something called uh, water. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, water is this liquid that you drink, and it replenishes your organs and helps you grow and, you know, does a lot of very important things for your body. It helps people live longer. It helps people have energy. It's, it's a very important nutrient. And unfortunately, we're having crazy, crazy amounts of water poisoning. And I call it poisoning because when industrial contaminants and nuclear waste and uh, waste products from the manufacturing of products go into your water, and you drink it, you can have serious health problems. I wouldn't call that a minor nuisance. I would call that being poisoned because you're not willingly consuming these contaminants. You are literally being poisoned by them, by a government that doesn't give a shit and corporations that doesn't give a shit about your health. And one of the major, major contaminators of this poison is DuPont. Um, DuPont is a major contributing to the poisoning because DuPont has manufactured a lot of very, very toxic chemicals that are not only going out into the air, but going into people's water, drinking water, that is. And DuPont has had to pay hundreds of millions of dollars in, in legal settlements for uh, contaminating water sources for causing people cancer and all those things. So now DuPont, and I covered DuPont's contamination in North Carolina while I was at the Young Turks, DuPont, which spun off into a new company called Chemers, uh, the byproduct of uh, they are there during the process of making Teflon, which is, you know, the non-stick cookware, uh, they were dumping one of the uh, waste products that comes from that process into the Cape Fear River in North Carolina. And uh, the byproduct of that is called Gen X, and it's a cancer-causing chemical that they were dumping in to the river there. It's a PFOA, uh, which are PFOA, P PFAS. They're cancer-causing chemicals that come from uh, the manufacturing of things like Teflon, non-stick non cookware. So... It has contaminated the drinking water. It causes cancer. They had to pay 
hundreds of millions of dollars in settlements in the Ohio River Valley, I believe in 2016, because they caused a lot of people cancer in the Ohio River Valley from this contamination into water bodies in the Ohio River Valley. And there's lawsuits now for them dumping uh, contaminants into the Cape Fear River for decades, for decades. So now, you know, you would think DuPont and their subsidiary, Chemours, would, you know, want to fine-tune their manufacturing process to stop dumping these cancer-causing chemicals in North Carolina water bodies, in Ohio water bodies, in various other states and cities across America? Oh, no. Oh, no. Now they want to profit in a whole nother way off of the very contamination they are causing. There's nothing more American than profiting off of your own contamination. Unbelievable. I'm sick to my stomach. So this is great reporting actually by The Intercept. DuPont, DuPont has spread its pollution around the world. Now it wants to filter your contaminated drinking water. Oh, what a headline. Kudos to Sharon Lerner, who does great environmental reporting at The Intercept. If I could afford her, I would. She's damn good, and I learn a lot from her. And she's in partnership with the Investigative Fund. DuPont opened a factory in Saudi Arabia last week that will produce reverse osmosis water filters. So not only is du DuPont a corrupt, corrupt company in America, but now they're opening up factories in uh, Saudi Arabia who murders uh, journalists, if you haven't noticed, the Jamal Khashoggi uh, assassination on top of Saudi Arabia committing genocide on Yemen. But, you know, I digress. DuPont op opened a factory in Saudi Arabia last week that will produce reverse osmosis water filters. The filters use ultra-thin membranes to remove water impurities, including PFAS, which are the chemicals I just told you about, chemicals made and used by DuPont that have caused widespread water contamination around the world. Reverse osmosis is one of the technologies that the Environmental Protection Agency recommends for reducing water contamination from PFAS chemicals, which are associated with cancer, immune dysfunction, reproductive issues, and other health problems. According to the agency's website, reverse osmosis, quote, membranes are typically more than 90% effective as removing a wide range of PFAS, including shorter chain PFAS. DuPont Water Solutions, a division of du Dow DuPont, that focuses on water filtration, opened the plant with a ribbon-cutting ceremony in Jubal, Saudi Arabia, on December 3rd. Quote, milestone achievement improves direct access to potable and industrial water solutions, announced a DuPont press release about the plant, which is expected to begin production early next year. The reverse osmosis business was previously owned by Dow, which has had a production facility in Minnesota since 1977 and merged with DuPont last year. The new production plant will make reverse osmosis technology to be used by the Sadara Chemical Company Complex, a joint venture by Dow and Saudi Aramco, Saudi Aramco being the largest oil company in the entire world, the country's oil and gas company. The plant's filter will also be used in Saudi Arabia and other parts of the Middle East, as well as Africa, Eastern Europe, India, China, and Southeast Asia. In addition to removing industrial pollutants, pollutants such as PFAS, the membranes can desalinate seawater. Quote, this new production line is providing game-changing innovation to help municipalities, businesses, and people thrive by enabling sustainable access to clean, high-quality water, Mark Doyle, chief operating officer for Dow DuPont says. An executive from DuPont Water Solutions, who is also at the ribbon cutting, emphasized the company's role in cleaning up water contamination. Quote, we remain committed to delivering solutions that help purify and reclaim water sources, especially in areas facing water scarcity and resource challenges. Ugh, I can't read any more of this because it's such stunning. Stunning. It's not even hypocrisy. It's just downright arrogance. This is, this is the equivalent of arsonists, of arsonists, who burn down houses for fun or profit, burning down the houses, and then doing a press conference to say, we're opening, we're starting a company uh, to build houses with more fireproof wood or more, you know, more, uh, less volatile material 
to fires. So you, the arsonists, who are burning down the houses, you're going to then start a company to build stronger houses on top of the land that you burned down? This is the equivalent. So DuPont, which, by the way, floods politicians with money, floods federal regulators with money too, um, has contaminated water bodies all over the country since the 1950s, 60s, 70s. You need to check what's in your water that you're drinking and your kids are drinking. If you, if you live near a DuPont factory, you definitely need to check. Um, so DuPont now wants to, is now manufacturing reverse osmosis systems, which by the way, are not cheap for you to get your own reverse osmosis. You know, some people said to Flint residents, well, why don't you just get reverse osmosis? Yeah, you got a couple thousand? High-tech hobby says it's the Hunger Games. Pretty close. It's not a bad, not a bad uh, way to look at it. So reverse osmosis. A, not cheap. Most working people can't afford it. Definitely poor people can't afford it. But DuPont says we are part of the solution to, you know, deliver clean drinking water. No, you're the reason the water is contaminated. And they are allowed to continue contaminating the water because they write up, they write up, they basically write out the um, fines they have to pay and the settlements they have to pay for water contamination as a business expense because it's pennies on the dollar compared to the hundreds of billions of dollars DuPont has made over the decades by recklessly contaminating your water with no regard for your water. And this is not cheesy, but water is life. If you don't drink water for five, six days, that's, that's bad. You could die without water, and you could die drinking contaminated enough water. Ask the people of Flint. So it's just mind-numbing. But DuPont is allowed to do this because there's no criminal penalty for these companies, just like there's no criminal penalty for these oil companies and these fossil fuel com companies that spill into the water, contaminate the water, contaminate the wildlife, cause cancer. Because it's just, hey, all right, that's the price of doing business. We'll pay the fine. Yeah, we don't want to, but we'll pay the legal fees when we settle with people that we've caused cancer. And onward. And it's allowed because we don't live in a democracy. We don't live in a republic. We live in the United Corporations of America, a.k.a. the United States of Oil. Simple as that. So, if you want reporters that are actually going to challenge DuPont, if you want reporters that are actually going to get their ass out there, are going to go to South Dakota, where right this minute, right this minute as we speak, construction activities are continuing on the Keystone Pipeline, despite a federal judge revoking Donald Trump's permit. I have that from multiple sources on the ground in South Dakota, right near the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation. They are literally disregarding a federal judge revoking the permit and saying, you need to stop construction activity called pre-construction. Right now it's pre-construction before constructing the pipeline. They're blowing it off because the media is not going to challenge them and they'll pay the fine. I would like to get to South Dakota. I would like to freeze my ass off in South Dakota in December, but we need you to get us there. There's the link. Go fund me. I don't want to just talk about these issues from the confines of my heated apartment. I want to get out there and I want to show you because the more we get out there in the field, the more, the, the better chance of actually waking people up of holding these companies accountable, of possibly going viral, because I got news for you, there's not much competition. 
not many outlets getting in the field on these stories. And if there are, let me know. I don't, I, I don't know of any. So I hope, I hope you'll consider whether it's contributing to the GoFundMe, whether it's becoming a paid member, we need the viewers to help us get there. Long term, we're going to get there and we're going to be out in the field as much as humanly possible. We just need the funding to do it. So that's the story, folks. As a reminder, uh, I'll be live, obviously, 5 o'clock Eastern every day, Monday through Friday. We'll be live Sunday for our uh, Super Chat GoFundMe marathon. Um, and we are going to continue plucking away, plucking away. So appreciate you watching today. I uh, hope uh, you go to the channel, watch the other videos. And also, and also remember, go to statuscoup.com. Go to statuscoup.com, put in your email, check out what you get for becoming a member. The more we grow, the more we take on the oligarchy. Thank you for watching. Peace out.